The sermon today is about patience. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient, love is kind, does not boast, etc. You know the verse. When I told my family I was speaking about patience, my daughter drilled me really hard. You are going to talk about patience. So you are. Maybe mom could, but you don't get to talk about patience. And she's right. So I stand before you humbly as, as a hypocrite, as one needing to learn what I'm about to speak about. As we all are, as we all are broken, as we all have imperfections, I certainly am not perfect this side of death. So I remind you of that as we talk about this today. But the thing most important about what I'm going to talk about today is not so much human patience. While we are to emulate our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are to try and strive and be better every day, and patience is certainly one of those things we need to learn. But I want to contrast human patience with that of our God. So he's still working on me. I was at work this week. It was really hot this week. I mean, it was like 93 the day I was told I was supposed to get in my little John Deere gator and go pull weeds in, in, the, uh, in the heat in the middle of the day when it was the hottest part of the day. And I'm sitting down thinking, why me? Why do I got to do it? Why do I have to go? I'm looking around the other guys, I'm thinking, man, that dude'd be a lot better weed puller than I would. I'm pretty sure that's probably what he's called to do, right? Please make him go pull weeds. But now, God made me go pull weeds. And I don't know if you know anything about crabgrass. You know, the ugly plant, the ugly grass that grows out in every direction and then it in each one of those stems it's got little claws that it attaches to the ground and it digs in real hard and so if you've ever tried to pull crabgrass it it's a nightmare and I'm looking around and I probably got a hundred square feet of crabgrass that I'm pulling by hand and I don't want to do it um so there I am, trying to figure out how to do this, and I'm already mad because I have to do the job. So I just grab a hold of it and start ripping, right? Just, this is stupid, why do I have to do this? And I'm ripping the crabgrass up. And if you, just, if you just go start ripping at crabgrass, you're leaving a whole bigger mess. Because each one of those claws are rooted in. So if you just start ripping at it, you're leaving plants everywhere. So you're multiplying your job by just ripping away at it. Just, oh, I gotta hurry up and get it done. What you have to do, and I learned this because I was praying to God about it. You have to pull on the stems first. You gotta pull them back. Slowly pull them back, get them in your bundle in your hand until you got the center. And then you shove your finger underneath there and you start yanking 
it out. You have to work towards the center. Sometimes when we see problems, we just want to yank away at it. We want to go after it, and we want to just start tearing into it and get it done, leaving bigger problems in the future. We have to allow God to give us time to teach us how to tackle some situations. In that way, we are all impatient. Now, I'm going to make a strange transition here. Allow me a little bit of a leeway here. Be patient with me as I try to tie two concepts together. And one is that God is love and love is patient. So the point number one is God is love. And if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 through 16, which reads, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Listen up, dear friends. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Now another translation back to patience. We know the story about Job. We know Job was kind of the epitome of patience in a man, right? Everybody always talks about the patience of Job. But Job was not perfect. And Job lost his patience. Remember all the bad things that happened to him? Remember God allowed Job to be tested by Satan? Boils all over his body. His wife told him to go curse God and die his major supporter. Go curse God and die somewhere, Job. Go have some of that. He got a bunch of bad advice from his friends. He lost his wealth and all of his children died. How did he remain patient? The truth is most of us wouldn't be able to handle that. Most of us would fail. Job failed in the end, but he was stood for a long period of time. He was able to endure patiently with all of the stuff that, that, that he, God allowed Satan to do to him. He still loved God. 
Have you ever wanted to give up? Just stop the good fight? I spent many years in alcohol and drug addiction for that reason. I wanted to die. I wanted to give up. Just, just be it. Get it over with. Let's just get this over with, right? Point number two is this. Man's love is not patient in the same sense that God's love is patient. I know this because I watch other humans. And I know this because I look at myself. And I'll tell you something. The first time that I see impatience in another person, impatience dwells up in me towards that person. Man, you need to be more patient. I wish you were more patient. You're starting to tick me off because you're not patient. Oh, wait, now I'm not patient. See how easy that is? See how easy it is to just, for that to just roll downhill? Job wasn't patient to the complete end. Job chapter 13, verses 23 and 24 says, Make me know my transgression and my sin. Why dost thou hide thy face and count me as an enemy? When you start questioning God and saying, God, why are you my enemy? You, it's, it's an indication you've lost some faith and you've lost some patience in him. Why not now? Why don't you fix it now? Why don't you take care of my problems right now? I remember um, when, when Lou and I were courting from 5,635 miles away, it took an awful lot of patience. There, were time, there was one time where I just told her, no, nah, this ain't going to work, and I unfriended her on Facebook. This is ridiculous. What are we doing? This ain't going to happen. You're in another country. And then I heard some rumor from one of her friends that happened to be in the United States that she was a terrible mom. Anybody knows Lou knows that she's probably, well, she's definitely the greatest mom I've ever seen in my life, okay? Maybe I'm biased because she's my wife, but she's an amazing person and an incredible mom. Placing doubt in my heart. It took... It's so far taken $17,000, three stacks of paper this tall, two years to get her here. We're still not done with the process, right? Now you might say, wow, you must be really patient. No. The whole entire time I was fighting with God about it. He wanted to, he wanted to give me what I prayed for. He wanted to give me a wife and two new children that I've been praying for. And then he gives me this, and he says, wait, two years. Wait, just wait. I don't want to wait. I don't want to deal with the waiting. According to Tom Petty, it's the hardest part. I asked him to deliver me a wife and kids, and he did. And the whole time I was impatient about it. 
He knew my heart, and he still gave me what I wanted. You see, his love and his patience are different than mine. I cannot compare to his love and his patience. He gave me the, wise, the best wife I could ever have. Why would he love me so much? Why would he care about me so much? Why would he, why would he show me that kind of patience after 28 years of alcohol and drug addiction and cursing him the whole time? Why? It's not because of me. It's not because of anything I did. It's because he loved me. Point three is God's love is perfectly patient. If you don't believe that, I'm going to try and prove it to you. I'm going to read through these. You don't need to flip through in your Bibles because you won't have time. As many as I'm going to read. Psalm 86, 15. But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Jonah 4, 2. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is... What tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish? I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Listen to Jonah make some excuses here. 1 Peter three nineteen through 20. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah. While the ark was being built, in only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water. We are lucky that he saved eight because he could have destroyed the human race because of how we were acting. You and I are here today because of his patience. Ephesians 4.2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Acts 13.18, for about 40 years he endured their conducts in the wilderness. 40 years he endured their conduct in the wilderness, complaining about freeing them from slavery. It's pretty sick, but you and I do it every day. The main point is this. <clears throat> Worldly men and even Christian men and women cannot know the purest essence of love because God is love and love is patient. Without God, true love does not exist. And patience is an illusion in the minds of self-righteous men. What do I mean by that? If you don't know God, you don't know the purest form of love. You can have common grace. He does give you the idea and the ability to love on a certain level, but you cannot know the purest form of love without God. And any patience you think you have in your life is an illusion of self-righteousness in your own mind. That I'm doing well 
just to be nice to my neighbor. That's enough. God is love. Man's love is not patient in the same sense that God's love is patient. God's love is perfectly patient. How patient is a God that watches his creation do what you and I do and still love us? Imagine having a son who kills his brother, Cain and Abel. Imagine having a son who has an affair and kills a man, David. Imagine having a son who murdered Christians, Paul. Imagine having a son who doubted you were raised from the dead even after he watched you perform miracles, Thomas. Imagine killing the entire race and saving one man's family only to have him turn around and get drunk on his saving ark. Imagine asking a son to go do ministry in a specific town and he refuses to, Jonah. Imagine discipling people who fall asleep while they're praying. Imagine having to endure Isaiah preaching naked for three years. Imagine having to endure whatever you did in your life or continue to do in your life and still love you and still want you to live and still want to give you blessings. His love is patient, not willing that any of us might perish. He wants to show us grace. He wants to show us that he loves us. And yet, there are school shootings in the news all the time. There are church bombings. There are Christians being killed in record numbers. There's this huge, massive political divide, and I don't care which side you're on. Both sides are screwed up and lying to you. There's hate everywhere. The division is tangible. You can smell it in the air. It's disgusting and vile. My side's right, your side's wrong. So I'm going to hate you. It takes patience to love. But it takes love to be patient. We all got to stop messing people's hair up. It's ridiculous. I mean, I got to tell you, it happens in my heart every day. I just want to go up and smack somebody or throat punch them. It's, it's here, right? You know, you're driving me crazy. Are we going to allow the division to continue? Are we going to allow this massive divide to continue? It's the enemy trying to destroy us. Well, your race is stupid or... You're this or you're that. It's the enemy trying to destroy us, to break us apart, separate us. It takes love to be patient, and it takes patience to love. The two are inseparable. The Bible teaches the people of the world belong to the world, to the enemy, to Satan. Are they our enemy? No. Satan is our enemy. Unbelievers are not our enemy. They cannot know pure love because God is love, and if they don't know God, they cannot know pure love. I'm going to do a little real quick recap, so be patient with me. I'm almost done. 
1 John chapter 4 still says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Simple. God is love. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. We're Christians supposed to exhibit that. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. This is the greatest act of love. He sacrificed for you and I. Not that we loved God, but he loved us first. The reason we can't love others is because God loved us so much. The reason we can love others is because God sent his son for us, right? He did this knowing before he created the universe, before he created anything, he knew what kind of a vile sinner you would be. Jesus isn't plan B. He was plan A. He knew Adam and Eve would sin in the garden, and he knew before he created you that you would do things, and he still loves you and gives you common grace. And you live in the greatest country in the world, and you complain about it, right? Don't we? We all do sometimes. We're mad about this. We're mad about that because we're not getting our way. He is patient. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and is made complete in us. You understand what he's saying here? Because people cannot see God, the only way they're going to know him is through the love that we exhibit to other people. Outside of that, how are they going to know God? If we're a part of the separation, how are they going to know God? You see, we hurt our testimony every single time we exhibit a non-loving act. And it's hard. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. God gave us his spirit for that. We have that inside of us. We have the capacity and the ability to show love. Our love should be evident to other people. Our grace should be evident to others. Our patience should be evident to others. Our testimony is, be, is burdened by bad behavior, bad attitudes, impatience, and not showing grace. And I'm standing up here telling you as a person who struggles with this myself. If we acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, then God lives in us and we have the capacity to be patient. We have the capacity to show love. Love is the key that God has given us to open the hearts of other people. If it weren't for him in us, we wouldn't have that key 
to show compassion, to show love, to show patience to other people. It takes love to be patient. But love is patient. It is because worldly man cannot know the purest essence of love that we must remain patient so they might see him in us. Without God, they can't see love. They can't see it in its purest form. They cannot express it in their lives. So without that, how will they ever experience God? God. 